I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. Uh, we'll be reading verses 28 through 40. Okay, so this is not going to be the typical scripture reading. Uh, you're going to use Luke 19 as your base text. But what I've done is I've collated the other gospel accounts and fed them into the reading. So at some points, I'm not going to be at the same verse as you are. It's because I'm reading the parallel accounts in the other gospels in throwing in detail. So with the, the collation, I'm adding to uh, provide you all of the detail in that particular reading. Now, this is Palm Sunday, and um, I, I just had a moment of weakness where I was tempted to be a little rascally today. I noticed that the uh, lost and found barrel for the school is like overflowing. And um, you know what they did on Palm Sunday with their, their coats and their garments? <laughs> all right. They, they threw them on the ground. So I was thinking maybe we'll just throw them on the sidewalk all the way out to the gate and then let them pick them up tomorrow morning. But uh, that probably wouldn't go over so well with the parents. But um, maybe some Sunday we'll, we'll have you bring some extra garments on a Palm Sunday. And if you've got a palm branch in your yard, we'll ask you to decorate it that way. But nonetheless, that has given you time to turn to Luke 19, beginning in verse 28. When he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass, while he drew near to Bethage and Bethany at the mount called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where you will enter and find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, Why are you loosing it? That you shall say to him, Because the Lord has need of it. Verse 32. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were looking, uh, loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, Why are you loosing the colt? All of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now I'm in verse 34, Luke 19. And they said, The Lord has need of him. And they brought him to Jesus. And they uh, threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread out their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God. And so, um, let's see here. I went too far. Did my morning slides not make it in here, Matt? Well, I went forward and... Yeah. Uh-oh. Okay. You know what? I might just have to preach the old-fashioned way without PowerPoints. Now, the reason why I stopped at this particular point is because the phrase in verse 37, rejoice and praise God. That's the big idea for today. We want you to rejoice and praise God. So what's the big idea for the day? Rejoice and praise God. 
All right, let's continue reading. Uh, they did this with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Verse 39. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd. Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Verse 41. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and he wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Four days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embarkment around you, surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. And when he had come into Jerusalem into the temple, all the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitudes, the people who were with him when he raised Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, bore witness and said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. For this reason the people also met him, because they had heard that he had done this sign. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, You see that we're accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. And now there were certain Greeks among them who came to worship at the feast. And they came to Philip, who was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn Andrew and Philip told Jesus. So when he had looked around all things, as the hour was already late, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. And so that concludes the uh, collated reading of the triumphal entry account. And um, so there we go. Thank you for working hard to, to get those PowerPoints. The big idea on the screen here and in our text is rejoice and praise God because Jesus is King. Now, in verse 37, as I was telling you, this is where our proposition comes from today. Uh, but this is also found over in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 31 through 36. So I'm going to ask you to turn there, and uh, we'll make just a few comments on that. So 1 Chronicles chapter 16. Let the heavens be glad. And let the earth rejoice, and let men uh, say among the nations, The Lord reigneth. Let the sea roar, the fullness thereof. Let the fields rejoice, and all that are therein. Then shall the trees of the wood sing out at the presence of the Lord, because he cometh to judge the earth. O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever." And say ye, what do they say? Save us, which in Hebrew is Hosanna. 
All right. O God of our salvation, and gather us together and deliver us from the heathen that we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel forever and ever. And all the people said, Amen, and praised the Lord. And so we want to rejoice and praise God because Jesus is King of heaven and earth. The Lord taught us in his prayer um, not only to adore our Father who is hallowed in heaven, but we are that we're to pray that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, there are certain days in life when we can just rejoice because it seems like heaven and earth have come together. Uh, many years ago, as I had the joy of going to Israel and uh, going out to the fields of Bethlehem where the shepherds were keeping watch over their flock by night, um, it, it reminds me so much of the Sierras where the, the white stones or the granite stones stick out of the grass and uh, just look like stars spread out throughout the field. And so I, the way I envision it now that I've seen it in person is that the bright light of the angels shining down upon the shepherds in their fields that night, the light hitting those rocks on the ground must have made it punctuated like there were stars on the earth and heaven and earth coming together as one. Um, I think that as we, we look in First Chronicles chapter 16, this is one of those days for the, the people of Israel. Solomon is dedicating the temple, and the people are uh, rejoicing, and the, the, the glory of God comes down out of heaven and fills the temple on earth. And human beings just have to stop what they're doing. Because heaven has come to earth. It's one of those glorious days in life where just heaven and earth meet. Maybe that was the day of your salvation. I know for me it was June 14th, 1988, when I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. And the God of eternity indwelt my heart. Maybe for some of you it was your wedding or the birth of your child. And you have such great joy knowing the blessings of God upon our lives. Um, just finding your spouse is a blessing from God. Uh, having children is a blessing from God. And, and when heaven and earth come together, those are special days. And I think this is what Palm Sunday is. Palm Sunday is that special day when heaven and earth came together. Because God had spoken from heaven in the past through Zechariah. And he said, say to your people, behold, your king comes to you riding upon a donkey, the foal of a donkey. And the fulfillment of that scripture. Now, I don't know about you, but I get excited knowing that Jesus Christ is coming back. And when events in the world begin to more and more point that direction, I want to get busy for the Lord. And I, I, I get excited because I know He's going to come. 
and his kingdom will come to earth. But can you imagine the people of Israel on that special day? Breaking out in spontaneous worship, witnessing with their own eyes the fulfillment of Scripture, and the divine plan coming true in their eyes, in, their, in the way they see things. Man, that just must have been one of those days where heaven and earth came together. And so all of the prophecies of the past were fulfilled on that day. If you read Matthew's account, Matthew over 60 times in his gospel refers to Old Testament prophecies saying, this is what the prophets prophesied. And he does that, and Luke does that uh, on the triumphal entry. That this is the day that heaven and earth uh, have come together, and we can rejoice because he's the, the Lord and the king of the past. He's the king of the present. He's also king of the future. One goal that I've had for myself this year is just to keep pouring myself into the book of Revelation. And the more that you read the book of Revelation, the more that you understand it's a book of worship. Not necessarily a book of prophecy, which it is, but its primary emphasis is on worshiping Jesus Christ, who is King of kings and Lord of lords. And you see in so many different places where the groups break out in praise. As I finished the, the book this last week and started over this morning, um, they were singing the song of Moses. In the book of Revelation, they were referring to the song that Moses wrote in Exodus 15 about how God saved them. And it just reminded me of Hosanna, God save. You know, so this is a, maybe a prayer, but it's a prayer of worship. And this is a, a wonderful thing that Jesus Christ is king of, of heaven and earth together. And so they were rejoicing, saying, save we pray. It was a supplication. It was the prayer. Um, if we just listen to uh, that, we see that in Psalm 118. Now, maybe some of you are not familiar with the background of Jewish culture. And you're thinking, well, riding into the city of Jerusalem on a donkey doesn't seem like a very majestic setting. But that was in even fulfillment of Scripture. So that in and of itself is majestic. But the Jewish kings didn't ride the white charger. They rode donkeys. And so Jesus here is showing his humility and his gentleness. Aren't you glad that Jesus is gentle with us? Think of all the mistakes that, and all the sins that we've committed in life. And like Paul, each one of us can say, chiefest of sinners. And I've thought that many times. But I'm so glad the Lord is meek and gentle and lowly. I was teaching the children in Sunday school this morning the kind of king that Jesus is. I said, okay, here's what you get to do. Um, and so... 
Janice, uh, Liam got to be king of Sunday school, right? I said, now, as king of Sunday school, what's your first command? Well, he was a little embarrassed. He didn't want to do it. And I said, would it be make us pancakes this morning? You know? And when we think of king, we think of someone who's just telling people what to do. But that wasn't Jesus. He was meek and lowly. He was humble. And so this is just showing us, yes, Palm Sunday is the Sunday where we allow Jesus Christ to be king of our life. But he's a humble king. He's a lowly king. He's full of grace. And for this, we can rejoice because there is a king who loves us. And within just a few days of that event, he would be dying on the cross. And one week later, they would be celebrating his resurrection. And that's why we worship on Sunday, by the way, because we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. It's a time of year where we learn there's hope in life. And so, Hope should be something that would cause us to rejoice today and to praise God that Jesus Christ is King of heaven and earth. All right, here's the the next thing I want us to point out. Uh, Jesus Christ is the King of liberating worship. What do you know about the history of this time period? Well, you know the Romans are an occupying force. You know that even King Herod was an Idumean, and those that he left behind him were not Jewish kings. You know that the Jewish people were oppressed. Oppressed people don't seem to be very happy or joyful, but yet that's what we find here in this text, is radiant, joyful people worshiping God. You see, this is what we can do in a day and an age where it seems like truth has died in the streets, What can the righteous do when truth has been slain? Well, what the righteous always do is fix their eyes on God and worship Him. And when we fix our eyes on God and worship Him, it liberates us and sets us free from all of the discouragement that we see in life, just as it set them free from the discouragement that they were an occupied people controlled by Rome, controlled by Gentile kings underneath Rome. And so this was one of those days where they were liberated to worship. Sunday's a day of liberation. It says that the grave cannot hold us. Death cannot win. All of evil and all of the gloom and the doom of life It does not win because there is a king who liberates us. Now, we see that if we'll go back to our text in Luke 32. Uh, We'll see this here in a few of these verses. Luke 19, let's look at verse uh, 32. And they that uh, went uh, were sent, went their way, and found, even as he said unto them. Um, if you have the next verse, look at verse 37. 
And when he was come nigh, even now into the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Uh, Go down to verse 41. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and he wept over it. Now, what's going on in the mind of Jesus here? All right. So, first of all, fulfill prophecy. Commands his disciples, go and get the donkey and bring it back to me. Then he sits upon the donkey. He's descending from the Mount of Olives, coming down uh, into the valley between. And then he'll be ascending up into Jerusalem. And as he sees Jerusalem, he begins to weep. There's a whole emotional range there. I, I'm not sure I understand in the man, Jesus Christ. But he's receiving the praise and the adoration of the whole multitude of the disciples. I think it grieves his heart. Because I, he knowing the future that he would be rejected. Because he didn't he prophesy several times I'm going to go to Jerusalem, and there I will be rejected. I will be killed and rise again the third day. He knew that there was rejection. So when we reject Jesus, his heart is grieved. But when we receive Jesus Christ, then he's rejoicing, and and we're rejoicing. And so this is another psalm here. Uh, This comes to us. Um, It says, Let the heavens rejoice and the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, The Lord reigns. You know, Jesus Christ is not only the God of the past, but He's the God of the present. And there have been nations as the globe has gone around and done its turn today and Different parts of the earth are facing the sun. There have been Christians that have worshipped Jesus Christ throughout the world today. We're towards the end of it. And he's received praise throughout all the nations. As I look on our wall back here of all of our missionaries and read their letters, you just cannot be filled with hope and encouragement and joy and knowing that God is at work in the nations. He's building churches, and people are being saved and gloriously changed. And so Jesus Christ is exalted among the nations today. We have a good representation of the nations, even with our own congregation. What a joy that is, that Jesus Christ is truly exalted among the nations And so he is the king of liberating worship. And so for these people, for that moment, on that triumphal entry day, they were liberated. They knew that their hope was in Jesus Christ. Save us, Lord. We know you're the answer. You're the one that will save us. So, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. There's happiness and joy in knowing that Jesus is the answer. Can I encourage you? Can I motivate you? By saying God has not quit. 
on America. God has not quit on California. Man, as I was back east last week, you know the kind of reputation that California has back east, right? And uh, sometimes my friends have told me, oh, yeah, 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 you're in the land of fruits and nuts. (laughs) And I said, you know what the awesome thing is? God is harvesting fruits and nuts for his glory. Okay, and, uh, and I, so one pastor friend last week, he asked me, so how's it going out there? I said, oh man, let me tell you what God is doing. We baptized a family of four the week before, and before that we had two that were baptized, and before that we had one, and led people to the Lord, and got to show them pictures of the spring program. It's kind of like, didn't know there were Christians in California, you know, <laughs> kind of that spacey look at you. Hey, listen. Jesus Christ is the hope for California. He's the hope for San Benito County, for Hollister. He's the hope for your neighbor. Save, Lord. We just need faith and obedience to be bold with the gospel and watch him do his work through us as we present the good news that there's a king. You know, this is what Paul went around preaching There's another king, one called Jesus. This is what, in uh, the book of Colossians, we're supposed to let the peace of God reign in our hearts. Jesus Christ is reigning in our church today. He, He rules our lives, and we call him Lord, and we do as he commands in the Scriptures. And so let all the nations rejoice. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Hey, is God good? Has he been merciful to you? Mercy is said, it's loving kindness. God is so beautiful. And say, save us, O God, for our salvation. Gather us together. Hey, listen, isn't that what God is in the world doing today? Is gathering together a people for his name, for his glory? He sure is. And so, he's the God of the past, he's the God of the present, and he's the God of the future. And he's the king of the past, the present, and the future. And we can rejoice in this because he's the God of liberating worship. The ideal is realized. You know, in Greek philosophy, there, there's always the ideal, right? And then there's the lesser than the ideal or the shadow of the ideal. Well, Jesus is not just the shadow of the ideal. He is the ideal. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And we can worship him and praise him because he sets us free. Worship breaks the monotony of the meaningless existence of life. You know, there are too many people today that just say life is meaningless. There's great purpose in life. Bring glory to God. To build his kingdom. To live your life so that he demonstrates his power through you. And so these people were rejoicing on this day. Uh, Because Jesus Christ was fulfilling prophecy, he was giving them hope. And they were liberated to worship him. Now, 
Jesus was weeping as he came near Jerusalem. And the children were crying out, okay? Now, is it wrong for children to make noise in church? All right. But sometimes our expectation is, you know, we don't like noises. We don't like disruptions. But, you know, they were shouting in the temple. And the children were shouting. The children might have even been leading some of the worship. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the, the Pharisees said to Jesus, Hey, command your disciples that they stop this. This is wrong. They're blaspheming. Who do you think you are? Tell them to be quiet. And he says, If these should go silent, the rocks of the earth would break out in their praise. Have you heard the birds this morning? Have you seen the way that creation is shining this morning? All the beautiful flowers of spring that are taking place. Psalm 19 tells us that creation is one of the witnesses of Jesus Christ as King. And if we deny the reality, it's not going to stop the reality. Christ is going to get praise. Many years ago, I was struck with the, with the reality that creation praises God, and many times we're not even aware of it. As I uh, crested a, a mountain in, in Yosemite National Park one year, I came to this field that must have been 70, 100 acres of just beautiful lupine flowers, and all in bloom at once. And there was hardly a footpath that you could see. And I knew that maybe that year I was one of five or six people that was going to get to see that before all the blooms faded. And I thought to myself, you know what? God created that just for his own pleasure. And I'm sure he looks down on that patch of lupine flowers and just smiles because they're just giving him glory, shining in all their beauty like that. And so we see this creation would break out. Um, This is a a prophecy that we uh, see uh, from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 9, verses 9, or chapter 12, verses 9 through 12. For the seed shall be prosperous, the vine shall give its fruit, the ground shall give her increase, and the heavens shall give their due. I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all of these. One of the glories of God was that he gave a bountiful land to Israel. You know, people don't think this way in our culture anymore. But I have a question to set before you, a proposal. What do you think of this? Do you think some of the climate calamities that we're having might just be caused because of our sins? The world doesn't like to think that way. But that's how God worked with his people. He said, if you worship me and love me, I'll bless you and your land will be bountiful. The rains will come and the earth will yield its produce to you. But if you don't, then it'll all dry up. So maybe what we're seeing in our society is just God trying to show us that we're not giving him glory 
But maybe he's not going to allow our land to give him glory either. What a terrible thought. But you know, the stars give their praise to God in Romans. It says that the stars utter each night. And the heavens declare the glory of God. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. And so whether you're on the southern hemisphere, the northern hemisphere, uh, you can look up and you can see the glory of God each night. Think of the God who put billions of stars in our own galaxy. But as our telescopes get stronger, we see that there are billions of galaxies. And the scripture says, He knoweth them all by name. What an omniscient, powerful God we serve. But yet that very same God knows you by name. And he wants you to praise him. So put your name in that. He wants you to be a worshiper. The oceans would break out in their praise. Now isn't it just a a powerful thing to stand in front of the ocean and feel the waves come crashing in? And so the ocean gives its praise. Uh, This great and wide sea uh, in which are innumerable teeming things, living things, both small and great. There the ships sail about. There's that great Leviathan which you have made to play there. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. How many of you like to go and over to the coast and do any whale watching? Anybody do that? Okay. How many of you like to go over and see the sea lions or the, the otters? All right. Go over to the aquarium. I remember one year uh, we went up north um, on the Lost Coast. So like a 38-mile, almost 40-mile stretch of California's coast where there are no cities. And we hiked the, uh, the rim trail, and we dropped down to the beaches. And uh, we're at our campsite on Wheeler Beach, and there's a stream coming out of the mountains. And in the morning, uh, my daughter was down there just uh, with the pure mountain water. She was just washing her hair in the stream. And then she looked up, and all of a sudden, there were seven otters that were like, you know, just staring at her like, what are you doing? And uh, then she came over and she was so excited. Dad, look, 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 look. And it was just a time of great joy for us to enjoy that. And, and we've seen some, you know, pretty interesting things, uh, the different seals uh, breaking the, the surf. And uh, just, it was a beautiful time. And those little otters, they were just playing and having their great time. Well, God created all of them, and I think he just enjoys watching his creation play in the ocean. So the ocean, it sings forth God's praises. The stars, the stones of the ground. Um, What's fascinating is that we're captivated by all the different stones that we see. You know, in the Midwest, we have uh, geodes. They're they're just kind of brown, clumpy, almost clay-looking like things, but they're actually rocks, and you break them open, and there's like these crystals inside. It's really exciting. Um, When I lived up in Sonora, um, there was mariposite, which was a green rock, 
And of course, there were courts, and, and you have to dig through the stones to find gold up there. But uh, we're, we're fascinated with stones. Some of you are wearing stones on your hands today, or around your necks, maybe in your ears, right? Um, and you're fascinated by all of that. And they're giving their brilliance, and you sit there and you look at it and you stare at it. Well, that's giving its glory to God, doing what it was created to do. So if people fail to worship God, creation will do it. But how much better in the second half of Psalm 19, when people use the word of God and glorify him. And so even if you reject that, Creation will give him pleasure. But I suppose my parting appeal to you is this. You're God's creation. Will you rejoice and praise him today on this Palm Sunday? Rejoice in the Lord. He's king. So for some of you who don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, will you today... Allow him to become the king of your life and begin that life's journey of rejoicing in who he is and praising him. You just do that simply by admitting, yes, I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. And I believe that Jesus Christ died for me on the cross, paid the penalty for my sin. He was buried and he rose again three days later. And so I'm going to ask him to be my Savior. Give him the glory that is due to his name. For those who have already made that decision, then would you go out and talk of all his wondrous works? Will you glory in his holy name? Will you let the heart of those who rejoice, who seek the Lord, the great songs of rejoicing yet will be taken up. This is a quote from one of my resources. The great songs of rejoicing will yet be taken up by an innumerable multitude when he receives the church and sets up his kingdom.